This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. Good evening, everybody. Welcome into Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network, coming to you once again from Myrtle Beach here for the Touchstone Energy Cooperatives Bowl. Coming up on Saturday here on our network across the state of South Carolina, airtime will be noon and kickoff will be 1230. Looking forward to seeing what these guys can do on the field. Of course, they've been practicing since Wednesday. Got here on Tuesday, practiced twice on Wednesday, practiced twice more today. They'll have a little bit more work tomorrow. And then it's play ball on Saturday. Looking forward to it. Weather should be okay today. It was like 70 degrees overcast, cooled off a little bit as the day went on, and we're looking for some pretty good weather. Hey, we'll take 60 degrees in December in Myrtle Beach anytime, all right? If that's what we have to settle on, that's what we will have to settle on. Now, tonight we are here at the Myrtle Beach Train Depot. No, I'm not taking a train out of town. They've turned this into a gathering spot for uh, parties and meetings and things like that. The sponsor's dinner will be taking place here tonight. Looking forward to seeing all the folks come by. Bob Pauling from Touchstone Energy, the former Clemson kicker, uh, and, of course, one of the officials with the Touchstone Energy Cooperatives group. He'll be joining us tonight to talk about things here at the beach and their involvement in the game. Of course, today was a very big day besides the football. Today was the day that the players paired up, one from the north, one from the south, and between them, they had a, a youngster, and they went shopping. They went shopping at Target here in Myrtle Beach. They were given $150 to spend on each child. And, man, did they have a good time roaming through Target and picking up toys and clothes and all kinds of different stuff. And the really beautiful thing about this, Chris and Pat, is that Bob Pauling gets so much enjoyment out of this particular day and – He'll be at the registers, and if a player uh, comes up with a youngster and say they've overspent, they're given $150, and say they come up $10 short, he's there to finish it out for them. He'll pick up Very the cool. tab wherever it happens to be. Yeah, yeah, they come up $10, $15 short. I walked up, and I had a 67-inch uh, television, and I was about $800 short. <laughs> but he made me put it back. He made me put it back. But for the kids, if he came up a little bit short, he's going to reach into the pocket and he's going to take care of it. So that's just the, the great thing between Touchstone Energy and the, uh, the North-South game, as it's been known over all these years. This is the 75th edition of the, uh, the North-South game, now the Touchstone Energy Cooperatives Bowl here in South Carolina. And Scott Early and uh, the gang who've, who've taken it over and uh, continue to – uh, bring in new ideas, fresh ideas, think outside the box. And it's all about the players. I mean, these players have a blast, and they, uh, they have great meals. Uh, they get to do fun things. Tomorrow night, we're going to be at Top Golf 
here in Myrtle Beach. After the players have a couple of practices, they've got an FCA breakfast in the morning, and that'll be uplifting for them. And then more football. They won't do much. They want to get them off their legs and keep them healthy. But uh, And then they're going to uh, have a big spread at uh, – at, um, uh, at the golf place that I just mentioned, top golf, uh, and and then they're top golf, yeah, and uh, and then they're going to hit golf balls for a couple of hours. So uh, they're looking for a big time there as well. So it's been a really really good week, a fulfilling week here in Myrtle Beach, and we're glad to be a part of it. Look forward to bringing you the game on Saturday. So uh, tonight, it appears based on reporting primarily by the Big Spur, as far as I can tell. They have zeroed in on who they think Shane Beamer has zeroed in on to be the new offensive coordinator at South Carolina. Uh, this was a name that they did to give them credit, the Big Spur, when they put out their original list of potential uh, candidates for the job uh, that uh, Shane Beamer uh, might consider. This name was on there. It wasn't talked about all that much. But as um, time has gone on, it appears, according to them and their, in, in their, their reporting and the, the contacts they have, that Dowell Loggins, who is the tight ends coach at Arkansas, is the guy that Shane Beamer is uh, most interested in. Maybe it could even be you know, deeper down the road than that with Dowell Loggins. And you might say, well, who is Dowell Loggins? Well, he's a former walk-on quarterback, a w- former walk-on 5-6 quarterback at Arkansas, uh, and he has a very strong reputation both in the NFL, primarily in the NFL, and in college. He has spent a lot of years as an offensive coordinator, play caller, and quarterbacks coach on a variety of staffs in the NFL. He came back to Arkansas in 21 to coach tight ends, not to uh, coordinate, that's Kendall Bryles, but to uh, coach tight ends at Arkansas. And he has um, obviously a resume that's impressive to uh, Shane Beamer. Now, whether or not they uh, know each other, if their paths have crossed in the past, I don't know. Connor Shaw uh, knows Loggins from his NFL days. Apparently they were together, I think, with the Bears – I think they were together with the Bears for a little while. When may have been the Browns, when, uh, actually. Connor, was it the Browns? Uh, I think it was okay. the Browns. Okay, whichever team it was. I'll say this, for Loggins case, I mean, he's got a lot of experience based on what we've read about him. A lot of experience with NFL teams, a lot of offensive coordinator and play calling experience. But I would say, and I guess, I don't know if this is, you can't pin this on him, but I mean, he was, almost every stop in the NFL was with a bad team. If you go back and look at yeah. the records, right? And a bad quarterback, bad too. Bad Bears teams, <laughs> bad, yeah, bad Browns teams, bad Dolphins teams, bad Jets teams. Um, I, I didn't take the time to go back and add up the records during his time there, but I don't believe they were very good. So, and, you know, in typical f- fashion with the NFL fans, you're the coordinator and you're going to catch a lot of the blame, a lot of the heat when things aren't going well for your offense, obviously, and when things aren't going well for your quarterback. So, Judge that as you may, uh, but he appears to be the guy right now that is uh, being looked at. I think um, – I don't know. I, th- I saw a report uh, last night from a reporter in Arkansas who might have generated this information, and, and then um, the Big Spur in particular picked up on it and um, has really worked the story 
hard today as far as kind of pushing his name forward. So uh, it seems like, Chris and Pat, it's um, kind of the same model that uh, Beamer went for when he hired Marcus Satterfield. NFL experience, uh, quarterback coaching experience, offensive coordinating experience seems to be sort of the same mold here. I think you're right, and I'm sure that does not make Gamecock fans feel all that comfortable. As a matter of fact, you obviously have not read social media here the last 24 hours because USC fans on Twitter are basically uh, calling this the worst hire in the history of the world, even before it's done, and even Mm. without giving their head coach the benefit of the doubt. I actually saw one Gamecock fan, and I'll use that term loosely, actually made the comment that I'm not renewing my season tickets because of this hire. I mean, like you, Phil, Two days ago, did anyone know who Dowell Loggins was outside of Arkansas? And, and now all of a sudden, he's the worst hire just because he has not had a whole lot of success in the NFL. And as Pat points out, he was actually at one point in time named the worst play caller in the NFL. But aside from that, I mean, does that, does that <laughs> mean he's that. not <laughs> – Yeah, aside from all of that, does that mean it's not going to translate well in the NFL – excuse me, at the collegiate level? And if this is indeed the, the route that Shane Beamer takes, how about Gamecock fans give him the benefit of the doubt? See how it works before you get ready to jump off the bandwagon and talk about ready to fire Shane Beamer after year four because this is going to be a disaster. Yep. Let me give uh, some breaking news to all those uh, keyboard warriors out there. Here's some breaking news for you. You like breaking news. Don't they like breaking news? They love breaking news. They like to put breaking news on their story. Here's some breaking news. Shane Beamer don't give a damn what you think, okay? And if you think you're influencing the decision by going on your favorite message board and firing away missiles, verbal missiles and torpedoes, you're wasting your time. He doesn't care what you think, and he will make the hire. And if it works, great. If it doesn't work, then he'll hire somebody else. So that's what a head football coach does. I know Shane Beamer is very much tied into social media and reading a lot of stuff on social media. I don't know if maybe he does too much. That's up to him to make that decision. But I guarantee you he's not going to be. In fact, if you ask me, if he reads a lot of stuff against what he's doing, I think it's going to push him more (laughs) towards even doing it if he hadn't already made up his mind to do it. So I think you're just wasting your your fingernail fingernail energy there to to type those words when you want to complain about what you're – and that doesn't just go for Shane Beamer. It goes for Dabo Sweeney. Mm -hmm. It goes for – any head football coach worth his salt, uh, he's not going to be influenced or he shouldn't be influenced by what people on these websites uh, happen to say. He's got to make a decision independent of that based on his own knowledge and the relationship he has with the guy that he likes. So I would say that you're just wasting your time, and if you want to make threats to never support your team again and never watch them again, go ahead. You know you're not going to stick to it. You know you're too soft for that. You know you don't have the guts to really follow through on that. So, come on. Who are you fooling? Who are you fooling there, okay? Now, another note on Gamecock personnel, Travion Kenyon, who was a fine reserve tight end for them, mostly a blocker during his his career, he announced on social media today that he is um, walking away from football. Uh, for the uh, foreseeable future. So he will not be with the Gamecocks for the Gator Bowl. Former Gamecock tied in, Austin Stogner, has uh, recommitted to Oklahoma from where he came to to, uh, South Carolina. So I guess he got a taste of the South, a taste of the SEC, uh, and decided to go back to Oklahoma. That's a weird one. Now, how many times have you seen a guy go into the portal, go somewhere else, 
then turn around and go back to his original school. Hunter Johnson. Yep. Ah, that's a good one. Good one, Pat. Hunter Johnson is one. But let me say and, this. And, and let me throw another this. name out there. Let me throw another name out there with DJ Uyangale now into the uh, transfer portal. Georgia Tech quarterback and former Clemson quarterback Tyshawn Pumachan is also calling into the portal. Does he yeah. want to go back to Clemson now? <laughs> no, that ain't happening. <laughs> but let me say this about Hunter Johnson, though, and I think we can all agree. Hunter Johnson didn't transfer to Clemson to play. I don't True. think he ever had any um, any thoughts, any – Nothing to, to about playing. He went there to finish his uh, his college work and be and be useful, maybe helping out in practice, helping out in meetings. But he was never going to play at Clemson, which you know, for a guy that was a five star guy at one point, um, kind of a sad way to end your playing career. But I mean, obviously, he must be happy with the decisions he's made and the way things have turned out. So, but that's a good but one, Pat. Yeah, he did make the uh, the return trip. And if you're Brent Venables, why do you want Austin Stogner to come back and be a part of your program after leaving your program before you got there? I don't, I don't know why Oklahoma yeah, he, would take him back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, he, he didn't give Venables a chance when Venables took the job. Right, exactly. Remember, he was, he was the one to commit to South Carolina before Rattler did. Mm-hmm. You know? He was the one that worked on Rattler to come with him to South Carolina. Um, that's an interesting um, – question that nobody has the answer to but that's another you throw Kenyon in there and you throw uh, Stogner in there and and Cam Smith is gone and um, let's see who is the there's another one there's a fourth um, starter who's gone who am I forgetting Jaheim Bell uh, oh yeah 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 Jaheim Bell who where I read uh, a Florida State a site wrote today that they were expecting Jaheim Bell to visit Florida State uh, this weekend for an official visit now Florida State's already got two starters who were former Gamecocks, uh, Robinson in the secondary and uh, the big uh, left tackle uh, who, who was at South Carolina transferred to Florida State. So uh, South Carolina's kind of developing players for the Seminoles, or so it would seem <laughs> at this time. We'll see if Jaheim Bell ends up at Florida State. Interesting, you know, he was originally a Florida commitment when he was in high school, and um, he backed out of that, went back through the recruiting process, of course, and ended up at South Carolina. All right, so we got all this stuff going on. And your phone calls. The number, 888-898-2525. That is the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number here on Sports Talk. As we come to you from Myrtle Beach at the train depot, the Myrtle Beach train depot. And uh, Pat is back at our Dave & Buster Studios in Columbia. Remind you to eat, drink, play, and catch all the big games all season long at Dave and Buster's, Greenville, Columbia, Myrtle Beach. Of course, we were in the one in Myrtle Beach last night, and my goodness, uh, I walked into one of their major dining rooms, and they had no, no. I'm serious, they had television sets that must have you, you measured them by feet, not inches, in terms of the screen size. I mean, it took up. They had three screens side by side by side. It took up an entire wall that must have run about I don't know 150 feet. 50 yards maybe, 120 feet, I don't know. Big, big, big TV screens, Dave & Buster's, Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. So we'll take your phone calls and the number, 888-898-2525. That is the South Carolina Education Lottery Lucky Number. And since 2002, more than 2.1 million lottery-funded scholarships, such as Life, Hope, and Palmetto Fellow Scholarships, have been awarded to South Carolina students. You can learn more about the lottery's impact at sceducationlottery.com slash education wins and playing for fun 
is a win for education. Let's go ahead and get the uh, phone lines uh, cranking. Love to hear from you about what is happening off the field with your teams. We can start looking ahead. Eventually, we got to look ahead to the bowl games. We've got three of them involving South Carolina teams. Of course, Clemson and Tennessee, uh, South Carolina taking on uh, Notre Dame down in Jacksonville. And, of course, Coastal Carolina got the uh, – they got the um, – the garden spot trip there, Pat. I mean, uh, Chris, you got the garden spot trip there to Birmingham. I know you're looking forward to that. Nothing like Birmingham in late December. Absolutely not. And hopefully they won't run out of pizza like they did several years ago for Gamecock fans as they take on East Carolina. But uh, interesting about that, the Shauna uh, Clears are actually going to have to celebrate Christmas over in Birmingham because of the way the week's the week works. I would think that's somewhat disappointing that the players won't get a chance to uh, go home for Christmas, but they'll be prep, uh, prepping for East Carolina down in Birmingham a couple of days prior to that kickoff on the 27th. Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, that comes with the territory, man. You want to no play in bowl games, you gotta, you got to give up your holidays. So we go to the break, and on the other side, we'll get into your phone calls and uh, love to uh, hear from you tonight and hear what's on your mind as well. Just give Pat a call. He'll get you lined up for us. And we'll get you on the air. 888-898-2525 is the number. We'll come back with your phone calls after the break. We're with Major Billy Downer of DNR. Of course, South Carolina is great for the hunters, Major. What do the hunters need to remember before they get out in the fields? It seems like every other show we're talking about hunting safety of some sort. One thing we want hunters in this state to remember is always identify your target and what lies beyond it. Make sure before you pull that trigger that you know what you're looking at. Whether it's a turkey during turkey season or a deer during deer season, you know your identifying features of your game. You know what's beyond that target in case you miss. Learn more about the great outdoors in South Carolina with Major Billy Downer on SC Wild here on the Sports Talk Media Network. I'm attorney Jim Corbett. I love sports, and I've helped people for over 30 years. Contact me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com when the insurance company won't pay your claim or you have complicated issues. Some other business causes your business to lose money? Jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. When you lose a relative and find out you got cut out of a will or don't get what was promised. When you have serious injury, like from a wreck or mishap or on the job. Jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at seccattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. All right, let's continue here on Sports Talk. Get to your phone calls, 888-898-2525. We go up to Spartanburg first tonight. We welcome in Todd to the program. Good evening, sir. Welcome in. How are you? I'm doing fine, Phil. Um, good to have you guys on the radio station today. And I 
think I'm going to throw a Jeopardy question at you, if you don't mind. Sure. Okay. Um, this North-South All-Star game that's happening uh, Saturday, uh, is there a television broadcast or a radio broadcast uh, of that oh, game? Absolutely there is. There's no television broadcast, but there will be radio, and we're doing the radio, and you'll be able to hear us right there in Spartanburg, a couple of places up there on our affiliates, WQUL right there in Woodruff and Spartanburg, and also from our affiliate in Greenville, 104.9, covering Greenville, Anderson, Clemson, across the upstate. So you got two really good choices right there in your backyard. Okay. And what time will that game uh, kick off? Airtime is at noon, and kickoff is at 12.30. And don't forget, we'll have Mr. Football announcement for you at halftime. Always a major highlight of the broadcast is the live announcement on the broadcast of the Mr. Football Award winner for this year. Oh, wow. Hey, that's a buy one, get one. <laughs> yes, it is. It's a doubleheader. Oh, it's a doubleheader. Well, go, go lower state. I'm, I'm – uh... Originally from the low country, so I'm, I'm pulling from the lower state guys, and hopefully they'll pull it out tomorrow. Well, I tell you what, they've got a good-looking team. They've got four or five running backs who are uh, outstanding. I'm looking for them to line up and try and run the football. I'm looking for the north defensively to – well, you can't blitz, and you have to play basic defense, four down linemen, three linebackers. You can ha walk a linebacker up to the edge. You can play um, a single high safety but there's no blitzing or anything like that. They want to make it offensive-friendly, of course. They want as much scoring as possible. And it's hard enough with offense when you've only got three days to prepare. So, But I look for the defense to really, on the north side, to, to really pack it in to stop the run. And then offensively, uh, you're going to see the north spread it out and try and throw it. So two different approaches here. Real quick, Phil, uh, that, the, the Spells kid from Somerville, is he in either one of the, the North, South, or the Shrine Bowl? He's not here. Which kid was this? The Say it again. Uh, Marquez Spells, I believe he is, from Somerville, running back. Okay. I'd have to check my Shrine Bowl roster, but he's not here. Okay. Okay. We'll All check right, that I'll for listen. you. I'll listen in and, and, uh, and uh, see what the answer will be on that. <laughs> you got it, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, 888-898-2525 uh, is our number. We had a couple of players on the north who are out who got injured in practice this week, and I want to tell you who those are. Defensive lineman Mike Quan Gear from Daniel. So – Saw him today. He was in civvies. He wasn't able to uh, practice or play or anything like that. And big tight end from um, North Augusta, uh, Talon Washington, also injured and out for the game on Saturday. So that is uh, the latest on the injury front. As far as I know, uh, no particular injuries on the south side, both of those on the north side. And Phil, to answer Todd's go. question, Marquez Spells yep. was was named to the uh, South Carolina roster for the Shrine Bowl, along with Somerville defensive back Michael Jenkins. So th super, their two kids super. are on the uh, Shrine Bowl team. All right, let's go quickly to uh, Robbie in Florence for our next phone call here on Sports Talk. Robbie, welcome in. How are you? Hey, thanks, Corn. I appreciate you taking my call. 
I just was yes, wondering, um, I, I don't really understand what the trans, uh, the portal means when you want to transfer, you know, and I keep seeing that the, um, the, the playoffs or whatever you want to call it and call this football, or it's like the semifinals and then the finals. So I don't really understand. Uh, if, does that mean that uh, Georgia and whoever would have to play two games, or will there be a national finalist? Or anyway, I'm gonna hang up and listen. Okay, thanks, Corn. Okay, we're going to the break, and we'll have to address that on the other side. And I was having a difficult time making out what you were saying because it was static on the line. So let me find out exactly what you were asking, and we'll address it on the other side. And thank you for the phone call. We'll continue with more calls after the break right here on Sports Talk. Be back in just a moment. Don't go away. Welcome back, everybody. It's Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. Phil Kornblut here in Myrtle Beach at the Train Depot. You know, there's some people who'd like me to take a train and just keep on going. Which way would I go? I think I would go south. I think I'd go down <laughs> well, you to – You can't go east. I think I, no, couldn't go east. That's the beautiful <laughs> thing about doing a football game from – well, you've done them from Doug Shaw Stadium, and you've done them mm-hmm. from Sockestee. As long as you know where the ocean is, you know which direction the field runs, right? So, no like, doubt. if the ocean is directly behind you, you know that's the east, and that means directly in front of you is the west, so the field is running north and south, right? That's how I figure that, it. That is correct. Or left to right because uh, it's on radio, so you don't have to worry about direction. Yeah, but, you know – you play-by-play people. I'm not a play-by-play person. You play-by-play people. I'm trying to help you get ready for Saturday. But you drive me crazy when you say, and so-and-so is moving left to right across your radio dial. True. A little bit of hint of Bob Fulton there. So how spiraling, beautiful kick. It's going to carry, carry Sanford back to the 15. The sophomore from Northwestern and Rock Hill <laughs> takes it to the 20. <laughs> To the 20. I'm no Tony Shufo when it comes to impersonating Bob Fulton. I can tell you that. Nobody impersonates Bob Fulton like the great Tony Shufo. So the caller at the break asked about two things, the uh, portal, John, my word, mm-hmm. and the playoff structure, right? The new playoff structure? Correct. Correct. So no, the current he playoff no, structure. The current, okay. Yes. Well, well, the, 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 the portal, John, I mean, that's very simple. Good evening, sir. The portal, John, is really simple, and that is that uh, you can, at any point in time, well, when the, the windows are open now, you um, go to your computer, you go to the NCAA's uh, database that they have for this, uh, and you put your information in there, and, and once you hit enter and, and your name's in that database, uh, you are free game. You can talk to coaches, and you can go visit other schools, now, I think you have to run this through your uh, compliance people at your own school, and they have to certify it and make it official. And once all that's done, you're officially in the transfer portal, John. You can start talking to other places and, and go from there. You can always take your name out if you change your mind uh, and, they, and they still want you. 
the place that you're leaving, uh, you can pull your name out and come back. But that, that doesn't happen very often. And as far as he wants to know about the current playoff situation, I mean, the four teams, I mean, what's, that the, is correct. what's the question? He was asking if there are two games because he understood the national semifinals and was curious as to what might happen afterwards. For instance, Georgia, Ohio State, the winner, would, what would happen with them and also uh, Michigan and TCU? Uh, well, the winners advanced to play in the national championship game. Uh, this year it is in um, SoFi Stadium, I believe, right? SoFi Stadium out in L.A. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be like on January the 11th, I think. Maybe it's the 9th. Um, and, and that's the deal. You play those two semifinal games on the 31st, and then the two winners advance to play in the national championship game. Well done. Did that answer it for him, you think? I think so. I think he explained it pretty well. Okay. Let's uh, continue on the phones, 888-898-2525. Wide open for your calls tonight. Mike Morgan will join us at 7.05. Did I see what the Braves signed somebody today, a pitcher? Did I see that? I think mm. I saw that. Come on, that people. That might be a Pat question because I did not. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I, I missed what you just said. The Braves, the Braves, the Braves. They signed somebody today, a pitcher, didn't they? Oh, they did. Uh, let's see. I don't have his name in front of me. Uh, Jimenez, Jimenez. Joe Jimenez. Uh, it was, I believe it was actually a trade with the Tigers, was it not? I'll was pull it, it up and get back to you in just in just a moment. Okay, that's fine. In the meantime, let's go back to the phones, 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery, lucky number. It's uh, Andy in Columbia with us next. Hello, Andy, how are you? Corn, Chris, Pat, I am just great. Now, Corn, let me just tell you this. Anybody who's listened to you do the North-South game on the radio knows you're no play-by-play person. Okay, so you're going to have to tell us that to start with. Okay. I can't hear a word he just said. All I could hear was, some, uh, Pat, you're going to have to take a hammer to that board or something. And um, He said that you're a really good play-by-play announcer. He, he, and he, looks forward to listen, he looks forward to listening to you do play-by-play. Oh, well, thank you. I couldn't hear a word of it. Might want to take that hammer to the board there. <laughs> there we I'm, go. I I'm think sure I can hear couldn't. it now. Go ahead, Andy. Okay, another question. Maybe Chris would probably – well, you're going to see him um, Saturday. Ask Mr. Sellers if he's been up to Syracuse during the winter time because Andy back in 1978 was going to transfer from South Carolina to Syracuse and I was accepted up there. I went up there in December and I asked a gentleman who was showing me around the campus. I said, what are those ropes for that are going up this hill? He goes, well, that's how you walk up the hill. There's so much snow, you got to hold on to these ropes to walk the hill. <laughs> Holy moly, you think that kid in Florence has seen that much snow in his life? Don't go well, there that... until you – I mean, you got to be nuts. And now, Mr. Corner, have you heard that um, Mr. Kenlon is no longer on the team? Another tight end's gone? We have run through four of them, Andy. Is that a fifth? Well, Kenlon is now is no longer playing football. Ah, uh-huh. so that is would Corn go along Island? with. Corn like can't hear you. Yeah, he's got an issue with his uh, headset over in Myrtle Beach, so he's having a hard time That's hearing you. He can hear no, 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 us. The issue is that board. <clears throat> if if Pat would take the hammer to the board, uh, maybe it might uh, might make it work. 
But go ahead the and answer because I couldn't hear the I'm questions. Saying, so I could like talk real nasty about him, and he'd never know about it, right? It's just a it's just a bad switch in there, and it just what's coming to me is just all. So yes, Andy, to answer your question, correct. Uh, okay, so <laughs> but so where does that leave us for the bowl game for tight ends? Oh, there we go. Now I can hear you. Where does it leave okay. you for bowl game tight ends? What I said, what I said, Phil, was it Ken Ron just announced today that he's no longer going to be playing football? Correct. So that's another tight end off of our depth chart? That's correct. Other that's than Atkins. Yep. Where are we at tight ends? Uh, let me take a look here. Atkins, of course, would take, uh, uh, I would imagine, play a more prominent role, or you maybe go without your – your tight ends and uh, and do something else. Let's see. Um, Run more. You've sprint. got. Um, yeah, you know, you've lost Stogner. You've lost Bell. Of course, yeah. Chad Terrell was playing some tight end. He got hurt. Uh, Kenyon's gone. Jesse Sanders, the walk on from South Aiken, is the only other uh, tight end that I have on the depth chart, along with Nate Atkins. What about Xavier Short out of Chapin? He looks like he's a true freshman. Yep, he was on yep. the. He was on the Touchstone Energy. Uh, played in the Touchstone Energy Bowl last season. That's a very good point. He's another one. I didn't have him on my – my depth chart only went to six guys. I didn't add a seventh. Wow. Um, he, he's the all-time but, leading receiver at Chapin. He had 217 catches for 3,391 yards in high school. Are you the president of his fan club to know all this? <laughs> I like to be prepared, and when we're talking about somebody, I pulled up his bio here, so I have all his information right right in front of me. And uh, Goodness. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Okay. That would Pat, be another let's be, possibility. Let's be fair to let's be fair to Corn. Pat and I discussed this earlier. <laughs> well, you got to go and give that away now, Andy. Come on. I thought that was between us. Oh, okay. I get it now. I get it now. <laughs> and and Corn, what I also said that you missed was I think Saturday you need to talk to Mr. Sellers and ask him if he's ever been to Syracuse during the winter because I got accepted up there. Um, in 78, and I was going to transfer from South Carolina to Syracuse. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's much nicer being on the t- rooftop of Bates House, seeing all the fine young co-eds in their bikinis, than mm. to be there trying to walk through that snow and pulling the ropes and helping you walk the hills in Syracuse. Uh, so you I might agree with you 100%. Man if he's, if he's if he's seen the snow that accumulates in Syracuse, but that has also, not stopped that has not stopped players from going from the south up to a Syracuse or from the west. I mean, they see something they, they like. They don't worry about the weather till they get up there and experience it. I'm trying to think who else from around here went up to. Uh, well, there was a kid from Charleston a couple of years ago. Now he didn't stay at Syracuse, yeah. but he went up there for a season or so. But yeah, you're right. On, if you don't know what to expect, it can be a shock to you. Exactly. And, you know, another thing I want to just touch base on, um, 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 what's his name, Yongle transferring in the portal. It's kind of ironic that last year during the Dr. Pepper Fansville commercials, he was being portrayed in a portal. Remember his transfer portal commercials? Very true. Corn, got, can you not hear Kind of ironic how TV uh, duplicates life sometimes, isn't it? And then you know what else is funny? Look at Bryce Young this year. He was the he was the Fanville guy too. Not as good of a year as he had last year. <laughs> if I was so, a player and they came to me for NIL, 
I tell him to go find someone else because I know my next year is not going to be that good. JT Daniels, too. Add him to the I believe, I believe Andy has just uncovered the uh, new edition of the Sports Illustrated Cover Jinx. It's the Dr. Pepper <laughs> Fansville commercials. <laughs> That's funny. All right, thank you very much. Appreciate you, you gentlemen. Call. Have a great evening. You Thank too, Andy. you. Appreciate your phone call. Um, just got a text here from one of our uh, loyal listeners that uh, the Notre Dame defensive end, Foskey, says here their sack leader, he's opted out of the game. See, you know, so now you're the Gator Bowl, and you're like, what the heck is going on? Um, you know, Notre Dame's going to be without their quarterback, going to be without arguably their best offensive player. Now they're going to be without their top defensive pass rusher. South Carolina's going to be without four starters at this point in time. Um, you know, you invite these teams, and they are personnel-wise in one form, and then by the time they get to the game, it's a completely different team. And if you're Notre Dame, I mean, I don't know who their backup quarterback is at this point. We'll investigate that later. But it just reminds me of a few years ago, when West Virginia had a great year when I think it was uh, the Greer kid was the quarterback, right? And he was a highly rated quarterback, and they had a great year. In fact, at one point, I think they were making a run for the playoffs, and they came up short. They ended up going to the Orange Bowl, but he opted out to start his NFL preparation, and they went to the Orange Bowl and got crushed. Mm-hmm. Orange Bowl or Sugar Bowl, one of the big ones, and just they had no offense. I remember listening to that game on the radio and listening to their play-by-play crew and they're like, well, if, if our quarterback had been here, we would have been able to do this and we would have been able to do that, which is true. You know, you're a shell of yourself. You know, when you get the bid, you're one thing, and then by the time you get to the game, you're a shell of yourself as a team with all these players opting out. And what can you do about it now? You're powerless. Football well, is powerless to do anything about it. There's College actually football. one thing they could do, Phil, and this has been brought up by a caller or two before, and we've discussed it in the past, is we may get to a point with name, image, and likeness available that bowls will start actually paying players to stay and play the game. That may be their only recourse. Yeah, that's a good point. That might be. Or how about this? How about when you sign on signing day, you're signing a contract. Mm-hmm. You're signing a contract with a school. Now, that contract, you know, has got to have some legal backbone to it, and it's got to work both ways. And I don't know what you put in the contract. Maybe now we get into a situation where you start putting money uh, in that contract and you tell this player, okay, I'm going to guarantee you, the school's going to guarantee you uh, $50,000 a football season, uh, but you're under contract for three years. With us, you're going to stay three years, and then you can become a free agent or whatever. I mean, you got to have some sort of um, restriction on this. All the pro leagues have restriction on movement via contracts. Why is it now that college sports finds itself with no way to restrict player movement? Hmm? Every other league now that pays its athletes has restriction on movement. Yeah, you can break your contract, but you can't go play somewhere else uh, unless you're traded, of course. And maybe we should get to that. You see, it's too bad you can't trade. You know, right now, South Carolina needs a tight end. Maybe they could work a deal with, <laughs> say, I don't know, Duke. Maybe you could send Duke uh, a wide receiver and a defensive back to be named later for a tight end. <laughs> you know, and, and your first recruit of the 2025 class. 
It doesn't matter if he can't get into the school, you know. All right, let's go to the break, Hold and on. we'll oh. come back with more. Real, real oh, quick, what, if what, I may, what? Phil. Well, just I, I got curious and was reading. So that was the uh, Camping World Bowl. It was back in 2018. It was the late December bowl. But there's a key piece of information here that I, I'm not – you didn't do it on purpose. You probably weren't aware. But there's a reason why so many West Virginia players opted out of that. Their head coach, Dana Holgerson, had accepted the job to leave for Houston. Why would they want to? Why would these players want to play in a bowl game? Why should they commit to playing in a bowl game to represent West Virginia if their head coach, the man that's supposed to lead these young men into battle, whatever, every weekend, if he doesn't yeah. even he doesn't even stay, he leaves. Why should they stay? So I'm with you. I totally think if there's an agreement, yeah. but it has to go both ways. If a coach leaves, well, that's the one time I might think there's an exception where it's okay for players not to as well. Just a yeah, thought. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Um. I think that um, that's a good point. At that point in time, when that was happening, we used to think of something that coaches were one thing and players were something else, that coaches were adults, and mm-hmm. this was their job, and this was their profession, and their goal was to improve their lot in life professionally, and that players were children and kids and playing a kid's game to get an education. That was their reward, was to be educated and to have a, have a degree from an alma mater, you know, now, who's, what's going to be the alma mater of these kids? You know, uh, what, I mean, they graduate from, they go four years here or three years here. They go here for a fourth year, graduate from there. So is that your alma mater or is it the place where you spent three years and spent most of your time? I mean, look, you can do whatever you want to do. I'm saying there's no laws. There's no rules here. You can claim whatever you want to claim. But, you know, the traditional way of going to college as an athlete and being at a school and earning your degree and that being your alma mater, that's sort of flying out the window now with all this this freedom to move. Okay, let's go to the break. We'll pick back up on this on the other side. 888-898-2525 is our number here on Sports Talk. Love to hear from you. Uh, Lines are open right now if you want to join us. Should mention that the Clemson basketball team won – Again last night, they beat a good Towson team in a good game. Beat them by five. Hunter Tyson and uh, Chase Hunter and P.J. Hall all big for the Tigers last night. And we'll be back after the break. Hi, I'm State Treasurer Curtis Loftus, and I've got a great gift idea that requires zero shopping, the gift of college savings. Future Scholar, South Carolina's 529 College Savings Plan makes it easy. Grandparents, friends, and family can all contribute to a Future Scholar account and know that they're providing a gift that will last a lifetime. If you're looking for the perfect gift this holiday season, look no further. Learn more about the smart, easy way to save and give this holiday season at futurescholar.com. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. 
When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Think big, life-changing. I'm talking education, inventive, next-level education. Wake up. For 20 years, education has received billions in funding. Where, you ask? <laughs> right here, across our state, in your own backyard. Who has done this? Well, if you've ever played the lottery, that would be you. Thank you. The South Carolina Education Lottery. When you play, we all win. You know, where I'm positioned here, I'm out front of the, uh, the, the, the party hall, I guess you would call it, the meeting room, the big hall. Everybody comes walking in the door on the first thing they see, and I'm sort of like the, um, the concierge that we were talking about last night. They look at me like, uh, where are we supposed to go? I just, you see my arm moving. I'm just waving people on, <laughs> waving them on into the big room. No, nothing to see here. Hey, how you doing? Nothing to see here. Just keep on <laughs> I just moving. I love that. And uh, just keep on. That happens keep so on often. Moving. That happens so often for those of us who do high school football. People will come up, they yeah. see us talking, and they assume we're the public address announcer, and they don't realize I can't answer your question even though you're standing right in front of me, so we have to do the same thing. It's on down. Go on down. <laughs> so I get you. Keep on. I understand your, Keep your, your, your struggles. Yeah, yeah. It's all good. They're going to have a great time in there. they got a catered meal, and um, they got some awards to hand out and stuff like that. Uh, let's see, 888-898-2525 is the number. Got a few other notes to uh, pass along here very quickly while we have a, a couple of moments. The Associated Press Player of the Year voting, Caleb Williams, Southern Cal, number one. Max Duggan, TCU, second. Ohio State, C.J. Stroud, third. Tennessee, Hendon Hooker, fourth. Stetson Bennett, Georgia, fifth. Yeah, like somebody said, might as well name it the National Quarterback of the Year yeah. Award. Of course, they've got a National Quarterback Award uh, that will be handed out. You've got a variety of those. Uh, Sheridan Jones of Clemson going to play in the East-West Shrine Bowl. Furman tied in Ryan Miller, named to the Hero Sports FCS All-American team. I tell you what, some NFL team's going to take him. Yeah. 72 catches, 762 yards, 12 touchdowns this year. Former USC quarterback Jake Bentley going to be the new quarterback's coach at North Alabama, which brings to my thought, which brings to my thought, Bobby Bentley. If you're Shane Beamer, I don't know what his relationship is with Bobby Bentley, but why wouldn't you talk to, think about, consider Bobby Bentley for your QB offensive coordinator's job? I mean, Bobby Bentley, everybody knows, is a great offensive mind and a terrific tutor of quarterbacks. Why wouldn't you? Outside of the fact that he didn't last very long as a head coach in college, 
you know, I, I don't know if, if he's not a, a, enjoying college, doesn't like recruiting. I'm not sure what happened at PC. Maybe it was just a wrong fit, even though he's going back to his alma mater. It's not a bad option, mm-hmm. not a bad option, but I'm not but sure you know, that's a route South he's going to go. Mm-hmm. He went down to South Florida with Jeff Scott, so he was on that staff down there. He was back in college coaching. USC safety Nick Emanwari named the SEC coaches all-freshman team. What a year he had. 78 tackles, led the team, 16th in the SEC, six and a half per game, led the league with 59 solo tackles, and that was tops nationally among true freshmen. And if you're just joining us, Travion Kenyon announced today that he is stepping away from football, leaving the program at South Carolina, and will not be playing in the bowl game. The big news, I guess, nationally, the release of Brittany Griner, from a Russian prison camp in an exchange for Russian arms dealer Victor Bout. So she is coming back to the United States after being over in Russia for a a long, long time. So see if she resumes her uh, professional basketball career or just uh, what direction uh, she moves in. And our poll question of the week, we've had 763 votes. And our question is, what? will the era of Cade Klubnik bring to Clemson? The Cade Klubnik era. What will it mean to the Clemson Tigers? 43.1% say an ACC title at best. And we have 32.6% believe he'll bring a national championship. 24.2% say neither of the above will happen with Cade Klubnik at quarterback. So, the only thing I got to say, you know, he came in in the ACC championship game at a set time. He was prepared. He knew he was coming in. But it was against North Carolina's defense. Okay? That was a pretty Swiss cheese defense to play against. Now, you might say, well, Uyangalale didn't do anything against him, and that's true. Let's see what he can do against what should be a better and more prepared defense at Tennessee in the bowl game. All right, we'll hit the break here at the top of the hour, and we'll be back. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat, with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Okay, back at you here on Sports Talk on this Thursday night. We're at the Myrtle Beach Train Depot. We're here for the sponsor's dinner for the Touchstone Energy Cooperatives Bowl, North versus South. And let me uh, go back to the injury situation. I just got an update from Ian Guerin, who handles publicity for the game, to double-check the information that I had. So Mike Quan gear of Daniel is listed as doubtful and it was not the player from North Augusta. So apologize for that. If you were listening and you heard that, uh, that is not the correct name. It was Carlito Jones of Pendleton. Carlito Jones from Pendleton is the one who is out with an injury suffered during practice this week. And I thought there was, um, when Carlito came through the line today as we were letting the players introduce themselves for the radio broadcast, he's a big guy, 6'7", 251. And 
Taylon Washington from North Augusta is listed at 5'9", 157. So I'm thinking to myself, i got to have the wrong guy because the guy who was in regular clothes and not in uniform was a huge, tall fellow. And it turned out to be the young man from Pendleton. 6'7", 251, Carlito Jones. And that is the information we have on the players who are injured right now. Okay? Very good. Uh, is that the uh, intro music for Mr. Morgan? We welcome in here on Sports Talk for another edition of Morgan on the Move. And a man who will be calling the always delicious Cheez-It Bowl between Oklahoma and Florida State. Oh, and he's coming down to the coast to call the Myrtle Beach Bowl and a basketball tournament that Clemson is going to be playing in. He's going to be a busy, busy guy in the days and weeks to come. He now has his own walk-up music on Sports Talk as well. It doesn't get any better than that. That's hot. We welcome in Mike Morgan. Morgan on the move, brought to you by Played Against Sports in Columbia. Chris Mosley and the guys over there have you all covered for your sporting goods needs, especially this time of the year. What better gift to give somebody than a football or a basketball or a baseball bat or a helmet or a tennis racket or a soccer ball or anything else that they have. They buy and sell quality used and new sports and fitness gear. You can go get a used jock strap and give that to somebody. They sell it all day, every day. And check them out, Harbison Boulevard, 1270 Bower Parkway in Columbia. Let's welcome Mike in. Mike, how are you, sir? Welcome into Sports Talk. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I find out more and more about you every week and what you're into. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, look, I'm not here to judge. If that's If that's the way you roll, that's the way you roll. But well, I don't think that that's actually in stock. I think if you get one of those, it'll be brand yeah. new. Right. When you use golf clubs, they've got them. On a jock strap, that would probably be new. Well, now listen, you know, we are all of the age, and I think we're talking amongst friends here. We were all of the age that when we were growing up, I mean, a jock strap was a true jock strap, right? It wasn't any of this fancy jockey underwear or anything like that. You had the true. Uh, and, and if you were really serious about things, you had a cup as well. I was never that serious about it, so I just went with a plain old strap. How about you, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, in football, they made you wear a cup. If uh-huh. you didn't have a cup, you didn't play. Okay. So that wasn't an option, but there was no, there was no strap. Uh, basketball, free as a bird. Unfettered. <laughs> okay. All right. Good to hear. Good Not to the hear. direction I thought we would start this segment, but that's okay. No, but, you know, we go all, you know, all different directions with Morgan. That's why it's called Morgan on the Move. We're moving here. We're spinning there. We're going in a different direction. So, well, you're moving uh, less when you're wearing a cup, so that's, that's almost contradic- contradiction in terms. <laughs> yes. When you yes, think about is. it. Yes, it is, very much so. But that's a whole other segment as well. Yes, it is. So let's talk about what you're seeing around the world of college football since December 5th and since the the end of the championship games where, you know, it was like 
a fire was lit under the butts of people to jump into the transfer portal and get somewhere else. Uh, chaos in some way still reigns supreme in college football and basketball, but right now college football, as soon as the season's over, you, you know, guys just can't wait to get into the transfer portal and get somewhere else. Well, first off, let's, uh, let's tip our hat to the season. I thought the season did not disappoint, and we do have some surprises at the end. So it's not as painfully predictable as it has been in the past. Uh, Michigan is a good story, although they're a perennial power. They, they were down for quite some time. There's a lot of people that wanted Jim Harbaugh fired about three different times. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, it's paid off to keep him. TCU is a terrific story. You know, Kansas State, who beat them in the Big 12 championship game, is a great story. Um, you've had schools from the Sun Belt that have provided great storylines with major upsets. I, I thought overall the season was, was really good. And, you know, we're going to have some new blood in the playoff, and we'll see how that all shakes out. If you would have if you would have opened up a bet in Vegas at the beginning of the year that there would be no Alabama – uh, in the playoff, no Clemson in the playoff, and Ohio State would barely get in. I mean, they had to sneak through the back door to get in. You would have won a lot of money. So from that standpoint, uh, hopefully the playoff will not disappoint. We've had terrible one-versus-four games in the past. I don't think that'll be the case with Georgia-Ohio State. I think that's got a chance to be a, a classic. The, the portal question, which rears its ugly head uh, every day, and I can tell you there's not a coach – that I spoke to this year that didn't offer some commentary on that. Uh, it, it's, it's making their job a living hell because there's just no guardrails that it's clearly <laughs> out of control. Like it, it's, it's not something that you have to be a prisoner of two ideas where it's, well, if you're against the current situation, that means you're anti-student athlete. That, that's ridiculous. It's, there's a way to do this with a little more common sense um, and, and not only to mention for the coaches and the programs, I read a stat today that nearly half of the FBS players that go to the portal wind up having to settle for a lower classification, whether it's Group 5, FCS, Division 2, or they just don't land anywhere. So it's not always a great thing for the players either. No, in fact, we had some information some statistical information that showed, like, over the last three years, I think since the portal was created, roughly 60% of the players who've gone into the portal do not find a new school. So 40% do, 60% don't. So, I mean, unless you're a sure thing, unless you're a big-time player and you've been a starter here and you've been a big contributor and all that, and you go into the portal, I mean – if you've been a backup somewhere and you haven't contributed and you haven't played much, there's no guarantee somebody's going to pick you up and give you a spot. No, there's there's not. Uh, and and unfortunately, there's a lot of bad information out there, and kids just think it's the thing to do, whether you're frustrated or whether you just think you have a better offer. Um, it's kind of become fashionable to see your name on the you know the the crawl. Uh, the waiver wire that you're in the portal. That means you must be good if you're entertaining other offers and you're in the portal, but that really doesn't mean that at all. Uh, so again, not against, not against the portal, but it, it clearly can be done better and hopefully it will be sometime soon. Let me drop in this piece of recruiting 
uh, news that's just breaking. We'll do a recruiting report coming up in just a little bit. Mike won't mind this. It's breaking news. Uh, Mazio Bennett, the wide receiver from Greenville in the 2024 class, has decommitted from Tennessee. Tennessee, of course, lost their offensive coordinator to a head coaching job. And so he's taken a step back, reopening his recruiting. It's good news for South Carolina and Clemson. They both recruited him very strongly before he committed to Tennessee. So we'll have more on that coming up. I wanted to get that out there since it just happened a, a few minutes ago. So you mentioned the, uh, the, the playoff situation and, and the teams that are in and the fact that there's some fresh blood in there, which I think really everybody's kind of glad there's some fresh blood. But with the expansion coming up, are we pretty much confirming that um, we're going to have some some new some new teams here from time to time, but won't we pretty much always have some of the same teams now year in and year out because there's more room to put them in? For example, in a 12-team playoff this year, don't you think Alabama would have gotten back in? Don't you think – Clemson would have gotten back in. You'd have to have a real lousy year like Oklahoma had. Oklahoma would not have gotten back in. But you'd have to have a real lousy year not to get back in if you're one of these power teams that has the reputation, has been in the playoffs in the past. Well, uh, those are kind of two extreme examples, right, because Alabama nearly got in a four-team playoff. Uh, Alabama mm-hmm. had a had a heck of a season overall, and, you know, I'm not going to sit here and feel sorry for a two-loss Alabama team, but if you were to ask me point blank, is Alabama a better overall team than TCU? I think so. I think Alabama would beat Ohio State, but that's not the point. Mm. The point is they didn't do quite enough, and so they're not in. With a 12-team playoff, yeah, is Alabama going to get in more often than not? Of course. I mean, they get in more often than not in a 14 playoff. Um, if If that's the argument to kind of – pick away at a 12-team playoff, uh, it's not enough for me to not be excited about the idea because I love it. I, I think it's good for college football. Uh, heck, it'll be good for what you cover there in South Carolina. There might be a time where both Carolina and Clemson could legitimately go to the playoff in a given year, and maybe Coastal Carolina winds up getting that number six spot as a conference champion uh, it, it, it's just so many more meaningful games at the end of the regular season and things to be excited about uh, than we've had with four. So I, I, I realize it's not perfect and you can pick away at anything, but I think it's about as good as you could have come up with with that number and with that format. Mm-hmm. Mike Morgan, Morgan on the move here tonight on Sports Talk. And, Mike, if you will, let's shift gears for a couple of moments over to college basketball. And I'm uh, interested in what's going on in the ACC right now. Bigger surprise for you that Clemson is sitting at 8-2 and two, or that North Carolina is 5-4 and four and they've lost four in a row? Hmm. Oh, Clemson. I'm, sure, I'm sorry, North Carolina um, mm-hmm. losing, <laughs> losing four in a row. Um, you know, the quadruple overtime game against Alabama is one of the best games we've had this uh, so far this season. But you didn't think that would cause a potential spiral for a team as talented as as Chapel Hill is this year. So uh, surprised by that. You know, Clemson, again, I'll have them Saturday. The, the tournament I'm working is called Hoops Giving. Uh, play to the State Farm Arena where the Hawks play. And we've got Auburn-Memphis. We've got Wake-Forest-LSU. And we've got Clemson-Loyola. 
same Loyola program that you know made the Final Four a few years ago. Um, and so I, I've, I've been studying up a little bit on on Clemson. And again, if you got a healthy Hall and you've got Tyson playing out of his mind, and some of the newcomers are adding some shooting, you know, this this seems like it has the makings for a bounce back year for Clemson. Uh, so I. I, I'm not surprised that they're off to the start mm-hmm. that they uh, that they are overall. We'll see how they do in the grind of conference play, but uh, but no, I, I think this is the roster again. If they stay healthy, and that is that's bigger for some teams than it is for others, uh, they need to do that if they're going to have a chance at the NCAA tournament. So, with regards to North Carolina, did we overvalue them in the preseason? You've seen them play. They've clearly got a very talented roster, or is this a team that you're probably not going to want to play in February and March? Uh, too early to say, honestly. I mean, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of them. Um, I, I certainly haven't seen them in person, and I've only caught bits and pieces uh, of, of, of where they are. I mean, I think you look at what Dan Hurley is doing at UConn, uh, they're legit. Gonzaga's legit. I think the SEC has three or four top 15 teams that are uh, certainly uh, le- legit at this point. Um, but we're we're going to learn a lot between now and even the end of the month and the start of conference play for the rest of the leagues. I realize the ACC has already started. Um, so it's I, I, I think it's a little bit of an incomplete. I didn't mention even Houston. Houston's yeah. really, really good. Uh, they play, of course, in the AAC, and the number two team in that league is supposed to be Memphis, Penny Hardaway. Um, so, again, basketball, is it really is more unpredictable. It's not the same. Despite the fact that everybody likes to think it's always Duke, North Carolina, and Kansas, it really isn't. I mean, just look at the, look at the history here in, in recent times, and you'll see that there's just much more room for other teams, other programs, uh, to be really, really good, and I, that's clearly the case this year too. And, it, and some of the blue bloods have already been humbled a bit. Mike, as always, it's a pleasure to have you with us. You've got a busy stretch ahead, as we mentioned, so enjoy everything. The Cheese It Bowl uh, down in uh, Orlando later on this month, and then uh, the Myrtle Beach Bowl right here in Myrtle Beach coming up in a couple of weeks, and of course that I basketball tournament. I expect to see you there in Myrtle. I expect to see you there I, in I, Myrtle. I, I might. You're the I mayor might, of Myrtle. I might be there. I might be there. I might be there. You, um, you know, you know, you know, UConn under Jim Mora. I mean, that's one of the best stories in college football this year. <laughs> UConn yeah. was a dumpster fire on wheels. I thought they were going to just get rid of football, and now they're in a bowl game, and they pull. They, they beat Hugh Freeze and Liberty. They they pulled off some pretty impressive wins this year, and of course Marshall beat Notre Dame. So. Uh, your boy Eric McLean will be joining me on that one, so that'll be a lot of fun. The mayor, he is the mayor, and uh, I recommend that you spend time at Dave and Buster's at uh, Celebrity Square. <laughs> You'll feel right at home at Celebrity Square, and you go visit Dave and Buster's and have a good time there. Play the games, watch the televisions, uh-huh. eat the food, uh-huh. and you'll have a blast. And you can say you were sent by Sports Talk. I will do that. Absolutely. I'm Thank a, I'm, a, I'm a very good skee-ball player. I'll put that on full display. <laughs> Can't wait to see the video. Guys enjoyed it. Uh, that, Thanks, same here. Thank you very much. That's Mike Morgan, who's seriously a man on the move. Morgan on the move uh, with us here on Sports Talk. Let's go to the break, and we'll come back and give you uh, some uh, recruiting. And then uh, Bob Pauling, who just came walking by, hope to grab him, talk a little bit about the uh, – 
Touchstone Energy Cooperatives Bowl, unless he comes back to me first before we do recruiting. If he shows up, we'll do uh, the interview with him. If he doesn't, we'll do recruiting, and they'll go get him in a, in a few minutes. And we can take more phone calls. 888-898-2525 is the number, and we'll be back after this break here on Sports Talk. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at seccattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games set from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. If an insurance company is there to sell you insurance, shouldn't it also be there to service it with real people? At Farm Bureau Insurance, we're here to help with experienced agents ready to provide personal service when you need it most. Call today for your free no-obligation review for auto, home, and life insurance that's custom-tailored just for you. Whether it's home, auto, or life insurance, Buddy Bridges and Farm Bureau Insurance have the right policy for you. Call Buddy today in Lawrence County at 864-923-2174. South Carolina Farm Bureau Mutual Insurance Company, Southern Farm Bureau Casualty Insurance Company, Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. All right, we roll into the recruiting report tonight here on Sports Talk, brought to you by Seawells. And I can't speak good. You know, too loudly here because we have a fine operation going on here at this dinner with uh, it being catered. But had they asked me, you know what, what I would have told them, Chris? Had they asked me about catering for this event tonight, what do you think I would have told them? Either to go to the daily luncheon buffet or at Seawells or just get Seawells to cater the party altogether. Well, bingo. That's mm-hmm. the whole thing. And, and Seawells would have loaded up the trucks, they'd have come down here. Well, maybe they would have. And they would have catered this whole big thing for them and they would have done it extremely well but you know what you can have Seawells uh, do it for you and they'll come to your location or they will host at their uh, beautiful facility on Rosewood Drive so 1125 Rosewood Drive to be exact so uh, check them out 803-771-7385 for the best in the catering business SeawellsCateringSC.com or the Daily Luncheon Buffet and tomorrow is a Friday, Pat, and is it the Friday? Is it an RBF? It is not this week. They actually had that on Tuesday this week, so it had a little bit of a curveball there. But tomorrow, Confusing. Friday, yeah, tomorrow, though, will be another fan favorite, the bacon-wrapped meatloaf along with southern fried chicken, fried fish nuggets, and go ahead. I know you want to say it. Go ahead. The meatloaf. What? The meatloaf? Mom, the meatloaf. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then, of course, all the local sides and fixings you can handle, salad bar and dessert. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds good. Sounds good. Um, yeah, I was going to say, how, how's anybody going to know it's Friday if they're not serving roast beef? They, people are going to be confused. I think some people kind of set their weeks knowing that, you know, Friday is a roast beef Friday. If there's no roast beef on Friday, how are they going to know it's Friday, you know? Anyway, on to recruiting. So, 2024 receiver, Mazio Bennett of Greenville, decommitted from Tennessee. So, that puts him back in play for everybody, including Clemson and South Carolina. Running back Jamarian Wilcox named the top four of Clemson, Auburn, Kentucky, and Ohio State. Though I don't get the feeling that Clemson is a real threat with him. More on that in a moment. USC offered 2024 defensive end C.J. Jackson of Tucker, Georgia. Former USC tight end Austin Stogner plans to transfer back to Oklahoma from whence he came. Former USC tight end Jaheim Bell might be visiting Florida State this weekend, according to one of the Florida State sites. 2024 offensive tackle Josiah Thompson of Dillon has USC and Clemson in his top nine. The others are Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Miami, Oklahoma, and Tennessee. And, of course, Corn, that would be eight. So who, pray tell, is number nine? I got to go back. I got to go back and see. <laughs> Flip a coin. I only gave him eight. I got to go back to his tweet. Let's see. Who did I forget? Alabama. Clemson, Florida, Georgia, Miami, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee. Uh, that's eight. Maybe I'm yep. not seeing his entire tweet. It says nine. Um, let's do this again. Alabama, Clemson, Florida, Georgia. Oh, LSU. Okay, he's got LSU in dark purple with a blue background, so I didn't see the LSU. So LSU would be the ninth. Is that a good enough excuse? Worse for me. Okay. It's all I got. Clemson running back target. Christopher Johnson of Fort Lauderdale is no longer considering the Tigers despite his official visit there for the USC game. Looks like um, he'll go to Miami this weekend and ultimately choose between the Hurricanes and Ole Miss. That puts Clemson's focus on Jamarius Haynes of Roanoke, Alabama, he told us last night that running backs coach C.J. Spiller will be at his basketball game tonight. He said he and Spiller have been in regular contact since his official visit on the 25th. He's not considering any other schools besides Clemson. He's not visiting anywhere else. He said Clemson is where he's planning to go. He'll make a formal announcement and sign on December 21st, but he will not enroll early. And uh, let's see if there's anything else here. 2024 athlete Troy Stevenson of Phillips Simmons was offered by Wake Forest. USC offered 2024 running back Chris Davis of Picayune, Mississippi. And I think that covers it for recruiting tonight here on Sports Talk. And we'll be back after the break. Welcome back, everybody. Sports talk here on a Thursday night from the beach. 
We're at the Myrtle Beach Depot where the sponsor's dinner is just getting underway. They're having some uh, remarks being given right now that they're going to eat. Maybe we can grab you know, Bob Pauling at that point. want to have him on with us to talk about the game and the involvement of the Touchstone Energy Cooperatives folks and uh, what we're looking forward to on Saturday here in Myrtle Beach. In the meantime, we can continue with some phone calls. 888-898-2525 is the number. Pat, do we still have uh, Bruce hanging on? with us or do we move on to something else we do bruce is hanging tight with us from all the way over in the other columbia in missouri okay let's welcome him in bruce welcome into sports talk how are you tonight hey phil appreciate you taking my call um listen i want to tell you uh i listened to the game last year when you were on the sidelines running up and down the sidelines like a wild man and it kept me uh entertained so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna give you a pat on the back uh, you missed your calling, and I think you need to be a sidelines, uh, you know, commentator. <clears throat> <laughs> well, actually, I'm not the one on the sideline now. That's Coach Early on the sideline. I'm the one up in the booth with Coach Luckadoo. So I'll I'll pass on your good words. Well, wait to Coach a minute, Early. What what was all that huffing and puffing you were doing while you were calling the game? Then I, I thought you were running up and down the sideline. I mean, I, well, I'm that sorry, could, that I might didn't just realize that. Heavy breathing. I don't know what the deal was. <laughs> but, uh, Bill, I remember that it was. Uh, there was something. It was either halftime or after the game. They were doing some kind of awards, and you were going to go down there and help talk during it or interview somebody. And you had to race from the press box down to the field in about 45 seconds. And so you were very out of breath at the beginning of the interview. And I was cracking up here in the yeah. in the booth here in Columbia. Yeah, he, he I, I did truly, it, but you did a great I job. Honestly, That's what I'm saying. truly do not remember that. Are we talking about the All-Star game, the All-Star football game? Yeah. yeah. Phil's got wheels. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I, I was going to listen to see what they were – what Abbeville, you know, play was going to get yeah. on the field or anything. And I've just listened yeah, to the yeah. whole game. I wasn't going to do that. But uh, you entertained me, so I just kept listening to the whole game. And you did a great job, man. I appreciate well, it. Well, I, I appreciate you listening. Make sure you listen well, this weekend. Well, I will. I, you, you got me hooked. See, that's the whole point. Anyway, <clears throat> now, yeah. um, you know, y'all were rating um, Cuffett. I can't even say his name right. Cuffett, uh, as a, what kind of quarterback is he going to be? He might lead us uh, to three. Klubnik. Uh, Klubnik. Klubnik. Yeah, okay. He Klubnik, might lead uh-huh. us to three three different uh, titles. He's that good. I watched him at, um, on the underdog game, and he was the first mm-hmm. quarterback on that uh, team that they had, you know, switched him up. He played a whole quarter, you know, and they, they were putting other guys in. Well, <clears throat> it was um, a runaway. And so uh, the coaches – put him back in in the fourth quarter just to watch him play. Everybody wanted to see him play. And that's what mm-hmm. you saw the other night. What did the energy go up to when he got in the game? I mean, he flipped the switch. That was another energy level that I saw when the, when he got back in the game at the underall uh, game, under armor game, um, you know, last year. Well, I will say that the Clemson offense um, certainly picked it up a notch or two when he got in there and um, and looked very good with him in there. Um, let's see now. You know, you got a team that's going to have several weeks to prepare for you, and that makes a difference. They're going to have film on him, and they're going to game plan for him. 
So there's no just throwing him in there and sneaking him up on somebody. Let's see how he handles that. If he goes out there and lights up the Tennessee defense, then I'll say, okay, looks like Clemson's got something here moving into 23, and they should be in good hands. Then again, everybody thought the same thing. Everybody thought the same thing about Uyangale. And and thank you for the phone call, Bruce. And here's the tough thing about uh, Uyangale, guys, and that is he he was not a disaster – as Clemson's quarterback, you know, he had that great game in 2020 up at Notre Dame, so the expectations were very high. He became the starter in 2021, and they won 10 games. And he was a starter in 2022 for every game going into the bowl game, and they won 11 games. So, I mean, that's 21 wins over two years as a starting quarterback. Um yet he loses his job. So how do you rationalize that? It's a really interesting question and a point I'm not sure many people have actually brought up. It's easy just to look at what Cade Klubnick did when he was put in against North Carolina and ultimately led them to the win and forget all that other stuff that led up to that point. And you're right, how different would it have been for both players had Dabo and the coaching staff not come up with the idea to run Klubnik out there, what, three series into the game. Let's just assume they ran with the same game script against South Carolina and said, if DJ's playing well, he stays in the game. If not, perhaps we make a move. How, how different is our conversation right now? And if DJ makes it through the North Carolina game and they win, and he plays okay, just average enough. I mean, he wasn't terrible against South Carolina, just not good enough. But if they were able to beat North Carolina, is clubbing the guy now? Is DJ transferring? I mean, there's a whole whole lot of things that could have happened differently had uh, Clemson approached the ACC title game differently. Yeah. I mean, look, I, you got to say that there were periods of time when the offense really struggled mm-hmm. under Uyanga Delay, especially the latter part of the season. The last quarter of the season, he reverted to that lost quarterback that he looked like in 2021. And it's hard to explain why. Maybe one day somebody will. Maybe he will one day. Maybe um, Brandon Streeter will. It's hard to figure out um, because, I mean, he was – well, he had some drops against North Carolina – against South Carolina, that's for sure. Yeah. You know, you throw those drops in there, it gets him over 100 yards. Uh, but he's got to hit some more balls. Uh, he missed some open receivers. He overthrew some guys. And this was a – a continuing problem even through the wins for them. And, and again, you know, you go back and look at his two series against North Carolina, and I'm not saying this was the case at all. I'm only observing from a press box. But, like, his first pass was a 55-foot curveball. I mean, it went right in the dirt. And, and following passes didn't look much better. My point is he knew he was coming out after yeah. two series, and it was sort of like I don't give a damn. I'm just going to throw the ball out here and, you know, and I'll, go, I'll take my two series and go sit down and I'll be done with it. Um, and I, I don't know if that was the case or not. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But, um, you know, I'm sure it had to be a, a shot to the ego and a shot to the confidence to be told that that was going to be the case. And, look, this has happened three times under Dabo Sweeney, okay? You had going back to Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson – when he came on the scene, he bided his time and he played behind the starting quarterback until a certain point, and then they made the move. And, of course, the rest was history. Uh, Trevor Lawrence didn't start right away either, 
He played behind Kelly Bryant uh, until that Georgia Tech game, that Georgia Tech game in Atlanta when the Tigers did nothing on offense until they put uh, Lawrence in late in the first half. He took him right down the field for a touchdown. When he started the second half, that was it. That was the end of the Kelly Bryant era as Clemson's starting quarterback. It wasn't long after that that he left the team and ended up transferring to Missouri. And so now here's Cade Klubnick. And is the result going to be uh, the same for Clemson as a result of this? The previous two guys won national championship rings. Um, of course, he, they were – I think it's safe to say they were surrounded by better talent running backs and wide receivers than what Klubnik has to work with right now. Is that agreeable, Pat? Yes, and I would just like to add, although DJ was 19-4 and four as the starter for Clemson, I think what stands out to people are those losses and not just putting all the blame on him because that's certainly not what I'm trying to do or what I think a majority of fans are trying to do. It's just we all have eyeballs and we're able to see the difference and, and it's, it's the way that the game was lost. It's the fact that you look against South Carolina – and he was a combined 5 of 24 past the line of scrimmage. Uh, his average pass went, what, I think two and a half, three and a half yards downfield. Uh, yes, there were a few drops in that, but he was one of eight on passes 20 or, or more yards downfield, one of six on passes 10 or more yards downfield. And, and that was not just that game. That was not the exception. It, it kind of became the norm for DJ this past season. And it just felt like the offense was so bottled up. But but from the moment Cade Klubnik came in, you just felt the juice or the energy was just different. He immediately took took lots of downfield strikes. Uh, it, it was just – it just felt like it really opened up the offense more than we had seen it. And I don't mean to put that all on DJ. I don't know if it was in his head. I mean, he certainly has a big arm. He has the talent. He's shown in the past that he can make those deep balls – but for whatever reason, this season, Streeter in the offense did not seem to have any confidence in DJ throwing the ball downfield. And there were times throughout the year where the coaching staff tried to put the onus onto the receivers not getting separation or making drops or whatever. Well, that didn't seem, that magically did not seem to be an issue from the moment Cade Klubnick came in the game. And correct me if I'm wrong, you were there covering that. I was at home watching on TV. But. It just looked like a completely different offense, and it finally was opened up back to more of what Clemson fans were accustomed to seeing under a Deshaun Watson or a Trevor Lawrence. That it just just never after that one game against Notre Dame back in 2020, we just never really saw that open offense with DJ at the helm under center. But from the moment Clubnick came in, it was just an immediate difference. Yeah, he hit his first 10 passes, as I recall. He was on fire. He had a great night throwing the football. And let's see where it goes from here. Again, Tennessee will have several weeks to view the film and prepare. Mm -hmm. And so he's not going to just explode on the scene uh, in the Orange Bowl. And we'll see how he handles that. If he has a great game, then I think it's it's off to the races for the Tigers. All right. And I think you're uh, right about preparation, trophy too. Winner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, I think you're right about preparation, too. And my guess is Josh Heupel, after the ball game, will not say we weren't ready for – Kate Klubnick, the way Mike right. Brown did after yeah. the ACC title. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The Outland <clears throat> Trophy winner has been announced. He's from Michigan, Olusigan Oluwatami, first center to win the award since 2005. If that name sounds familiar, he's a guy that Clemson went after in the transfer portal last year. Didn't get him, obviously, and uh, turned out to be a heck of a player. Going to 
anchor the middle of that Michigan offensive line in the national championship semifinals. Okay, we hit our final break here on Sports Talk. If you'd like to join us, phone number is 888-898-2525. South Carolina Education Lottery, lucky number to reach us here on Sports Talk. I'm going to go check and see if Bob Pauling is available. They might be into the uh, – if they're into the dinner part, that's not a problem. I can pull them away. If they're into the uh, program part where there's speeches and stuff going on, might be an issue. We'll be back after the break. Don't go away. Life, it has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit playresponsiblysc.com. Score a touchdown with Founders Federal Credit Union. With services like Founders Online and the Founders app, you'll enjoy all the perks of a big bank with local personalized service. Not a member? Joining Founders Federal Credit Union is easy. Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership. Relax with Founders. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. In Columbia, South Carolina, game days are our specialty. Whether you're watching the game from inside the stadium or from the big screen at your favorite local spot, the energy remains the same. Craft the perfect fall Saturday in a city where there is plenty of action on and off the field. From tubing and kayaking to Soda City to rooftop restaurants and plenty barbecue, we're ready when you are. Plan your weekend at experiencecolumbiasc.com. All right, back everybody here on Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network as we head to the uh, final minutes of the show tonight. If you want to join us, 888-898-2525 is the number. Uh, Pat, I accidentally closed the sheet, so if there's anything to add back to it, um, yeah, you did do a double hootie. But that's okay. I love That's one of my favorite uh, pieces of, of bumper music that we have. Nothing wrong with a double hootie. Sort of like having a cup in your jock strap is a double hootie so uh, I'm, I'm good I'm, I'm good with that i'm fine with that if we never talk um, about jock straps again on the sports talk it'll be too soon uh, <laughs> i want to mention real quick and say thank you to all our affiliates across the state who will be broadcasting our coverage on saturday beginning at noon let's mention them and our columbia affiliates WQXL, AM and FM will be with us up in Spartanburg, Woodruff, WQUL, AM, FM, in Greenville, WROO, FM, in Orangeburg, WPJK, AM and FM, in Rock Hill, WRHM, FM, which, by the way, I was listening to those guys as I was heading in on Saturday to the uh, game between Clemson and North Carolina in Charlotte. And those guys do a fantastic job. They were doing 
the Northwestern High School. Uh, is that that's not Coach Armstrong, is it? That is not Coach Mike Armstrong. I cannot believe my eyes. It's it's Cornblute. It's Phil Cornblute. Yeah, yeah. How you doing? I gotta say hello to you. I gotta break. I gotta take a moment here socially and say hello to Mike Armstrong, who back in the day, guys, was a great recruit out of North Carolina, weren't you? A great recruit out of North Carolina, big time lineman. Unfortunately, he hurt his knee. Hurt his knee. Came to South Carolina. Hurt his knee. No, you don't have to pay me for saying that. And um, then he went into coaching and and weight built, uh, weight lifting and all that kind of stuff, right? And co- are you still at Spring Valley? No. It's been that long. Where are you now? Retired from Lugolf Elgin. Okay. William Strength. Um, this is David Abernathy. Well, Mike, come over here for a second. I got to say hello to you. Nice to meet you. You know, uh, we're affiliated with George Bryan and Tsunami Bar Sports, and you're the inventor. Exactly right. My goodness. And you invented it in the Clemson locker room, right? In the Clemson weight room. Yeah. Well, it's great to see you guys. Absolutely. We hear about it all the time because we have Tsunami Robbie on with us every Friday night. You know that, right? Yeah, Tsunami Robbie is on with us every Friday night. So uh, thank you for coming over. But I knew I recognized you. It's been a while. I didn't see you. Yeah. It's great to see you guys. I'm actually on the air doing the show right now while we're having this conversation. So I know it's not great radio, but I had to say hello because we go back a long time. We go back to the old days of recruiting when you used to call people and talk to them. And you were bi- who else did you consider besides South Carolina back in the day? Florida State, Notre Dame. You were a big-time defensive. Does he ever tell you that? Big-time recruit. Yeah. But then you hurt your knee. Had a bad knee injury. It looks good now, though. That's that tsunami bar, baby. So uh, what is it that George says, the 47 from heaven? That's what it's called? Yeah, I got one in my golf bag. I'm going to use it tomorrow before I play. Yes, sir. Yeah. Y'all go enjoy. Yeah, good to see you. Yeah, you got it. Oh, yeah, I sure will. Yeah. She loved you in high school, I'm telling you. Thought the world of you. Thank you. Sorry about that. That was a little personal, wasn't it? Is that okay? (laughs) That bad radio? Well, it would have been I, I more just, interesting had we been able to hear the guys you were talking to. But otherwise, no, it's kind of cool. Well, I could have put him on the headset real quick. But that was Mike Armstrong um, who uh, played at South Carolina until he had a devastating knee injury that ended his career. Uh, got into the, He was the strength coach at Spring Valley for a lot of years, and now he's with Tsunami Sports, Tsunami Bar Williams, weightlifting company, mm-hmm. all the folks that we talk to on a regular basis, uh, from George Bryan and Tsunami Robbie and those guys over there at um, – Tsunami Bar Sports. So, uh, that was, and that was he had with them the gentleman um, who invented the Tsunami Bar in the Clemson weight room. So it's pretty cool. Very cool. Anyway, I was talking about Rock Hill. Okay, so the Rock Hill radio station, um, those guys do a fantastic job with their high school football coverage. Alan Miller, Chris Miller, uh, all those guys, and I was able to listen to them uh, and take them into downtown Charlotte. That station gets into downtown mm-hmm. Charlotte. So, great coverage. Anyway, they'll have us, uh, our Charleston station, uh, WTMZ-FM, the Big Kahuna station. That's how you know them. Uh, They'll have us. Myrtle Beach, our anchor station here in Myrtle Beach, WSEA-FM. Lawrence, WLBG, AM and FM. Our Florence affiliate, WOLH-FM, will have us. 
and our um, uh, oh, WDOG, the big dog, in Allendale and Barnwell, WDOG, AM and FM, will have us as well. We'll also stream it through our various streaming outlets on Twitter and on the website, sportstalksc.com, on our Facebook page as well, and also on YouTube. It'll all be available there too. So, <sighs> wanted to get all that out. Uh, Chris in Rock Hill, you are with us next here on Sports Talk. Welcome in. Sorry for the personal interruption there. No, I absolutely. Uh, that's great. Uh, Coach Armstrong actually started at Dorman and has, has been a great guy for strength in the state of South Carolina for high school kids, man. Put on a lot of a lot of different programs for and strength competitions. Um, so I enjoyed that. But a couple things. Uh, appreciate the show. Uh, start with talking about Clemson's quarterback situation. Nobody's really mentioned how bad North Carolina defense actually is, and maybe they get what they wish for with with DJ being gone. But you know that kid coming in as a backup, he he came in at a good situation against a very bad defense. So you know maybe it works out for him, maybe it doesn't. Um, uh, last comment was about the. the I agree with you on the Porter, John. Huh. To me, I think the NCAA needs to to throw in a minimum GPA to transfer. You know, you can transfer, you can jump in the portal, but your your academics have to be at least a 3.2 or 3.0. We'll, we'll call it 3.0 just to make it easy. But anyway, that's just my thought. Yeah. All right, thank you very much. I don't know that you can tie that into academics now with what the Supreme Court has ruled and gotten involved with and given them this sort of freedom. I don't know that you can uh, tie anything into it to, to hold them back right now, guys. I, I think it's – if you want to go, no matter what your situation is, you can go. And how much longer because of that, Phil, and I think you're right, and I think we're transitioning away from academics being even a part of what the athletes are doing, especially in football in particular. Men's basketball made it to some degree, but certainly football. How long do you be believe it will be before the University of South Carolina has the university side of the coin and maybe some athletics that they sponsor in-house, but then they also have the Gamecock football program that's totally separate and not affiliated necessarily with the university other than to use their mascot and nicknames? And then I mean, you just pay all the players, you know, minor league teams. Administrators will tell you that's not going to happen, but, I mean, I think conceivably that, that is something that, that could happen, you know. Mm -hmm. Look, I mean, athletic directors are becoming nothing more than panhandlers anyway. I just saw a video that USC put out with Ray Tanner uh, begging people for money. Please give money to our, our collectives here and uh, help us pay our players, help us uh, buy our players, help us keep our players here. He's not the only one. They've done it at Clemson. They've done it at Tennessee. They've done it at other places. I mean, that's the thing now that an AD has to do, get out there with your with your hands up and your pockets open and say, feed me, um, you know, which I think is – I mean, I know athletic directors, their jobs in the background is to raise money for their programs. I mean, that's, that's part of their charge as ADs. Uh, but now to get out there and, you know, uh, start doing it on, on video and you know, asking people to – to give, give their money to you like that, I, I don't know. Should be maybe a little bit beneath the office of AD, but I guess I, apparently it's not in this age of, um, of NIL and having to uh, get the money to the players somehow, some way, to keep them in your program if you can. 
and what happens to the Gamecock Club and IPTA and all those fundraising arms that the universities have relied on for years, how much longer are those actually viable before they disappear? Yeah, I mean, I think they're trying to make them all live together. Um, they're trying to make it all work together. Uh, some money that you, you give money to IPTA, the Gamecock Club, I guess that goes towards scholarships. You give money to the collectives, and I guess that goes to the players' pockets. You know, I think that's how you separate it. Okay, guys, thank you very much. We have enjoyed it from here yes, sir. at the uh, sponsors' dinner at the Train Depot here in Myrtle Beach tomorrow night from Top Golf. Looking forward to seeing these guys swing a club. We'll see you tomorrow.